I know uh, David Solomon wanted to be here, so I'm record, record it, recording it uh, so that he can so that he can hear it. Uh, he actually uh, brought as a, a, a as as a kind of a, 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 a relic, um, or a, an honored relic, uh, his first edition of. Robert Hugh Benson's Lord of the World. I am under strict instructions not to remove it from the bag, so I will simply uh, dis display, display it here, have it up here kind of like the uh, Summa at the Council of Trent. <laughs> All right. Um, so I've changed the subtitle of, of my talk. The subtitle is now The Psychology of Conversion in Robert Hugh Benson's The Dawn of All. I changed it uh, because as I was researching my original topic, I found something more interesting. And with only, t with only 20, 20 minutes, I thought I'd focus on what's most interesting. But for those of you who are interested in the John Courtney Murray as aspect uh, in terms of how Benson in the dawn of all uh, presaged a certain aspect of the Va Second Vatican Council document, Dignitatis Humanae, on which John Courtney, um, of which John Courtney Murray was a major architect. I can certainly uh, dis discuss that with you uh, personally afterwards uh, if, you're, if, you're, if you're interested. So the author that I'm discussing, Robert Hugh Benson, um, was, uh, was the son of an Archbishop of Canterbury. He was born in 1871, died 1914. It's believed he worked himself to, to death. He died just before his 43rd birthday. Very prolific author. Uh, he, he was an Anglican priest who converted to Catholicism in 1903, was ordained a Catholic priest in 1904. Uh, the main title of my talk, Dueling Dystopias, uh, comes from uh, the themes of Benson's two futuristic novels, uh, this one, Lord of the World, and uh, the one that I'm mainly going to discuss, The Dawn, the dawn of, of All. Uh, now, uh, in, in each of these dy dystopias, there are some uh, similarities. Uh, it, it's the end times, and, th and there is Protestantism and other re religions than Catholicism pretty much don't exist. The only two options in the world in these two novels are either socialism or uh, a kind of materialism. Um, that's one. Uh, and the other is Catholicism. And these are the two, uh, the two that are dueling in this novels. Why dueling dystopias? Well, it's obvious that the Lord of the World is a dystopia. Uh, the, the church is <laughs> is at least it's a dystopia for Catholics and, and pretty much for every other human being because not only is the church under persecution, I'm recording it, David, so you, you won't miss the uh, beginning. <coughs> Still getting, getting warmed up. Yes. Um, so so in, in, Lord, in Lord of the, in the, uh, of the World, not only is the church under persecution, but at the end, uh, Christ, Christ comes and the world ends. Every, uh, it, 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 Benson literally puts at the end of the Lord of the World, the end. <laughs> so, uh, in the dawn of in the dawn of all, uh, for for reasons I'll explain in a, in a moment, it's the it's the opposite. The Church wins out, and the Pope uh, has temporal power as as well as spiritual power over the whole earth. Uh, now. 
Of the two, Lord of the World is far better known, uh, and it's recommended to, uh, to everyone by uh, two popes, at least two popes, Benedict and, and Francis have both recommended it. Uh, now, the Dawn of All, on the other hand, is, is often hated by such people as David Solomon, <laughs> <laughs> as you can see in his uh, video online discussing uh, the, the Lord of the World from an earlier Ethics and Culture uh, conference. However, the Dawn of All is loved by some Catholic integralists who uphold it as an image of the perfect Catholic state. Uh, Ian Kerr, uh, in his study of the Catholic literary revival, uh, says that the Dawn of All is, in his words, unabashedly triumphalistic. Uh, so, um, so why then am I calling the Dawn of All a dystopia as well as uh, Lord of the World? Uh, because the Dawn of All is intended to be, by Benson, for reasons I'll explain, Benson wants it to be a mirror image of Lord of the World, not only in its plot, but also uh, in, in its theological perspective. Whereas Lord of the World presents a society in which nature supplants grace, the Dawn of All portrays a society in which grace supplants nature. So both are intended as dystopias. You know, in, in Benson's mind, you can't just have, just have um, all nature, no grace, or all grace, uh, no nature. Um, in, in the human person, uh, nature and, and grace are, are directed towards integration. Uh, so uh, my intention with this talk is uh, to convince you that, that um, even, if, um, even if we can't say for certain that, that Benson um, had problems with the idea of an integralist Catholic state, and personally I think he does, I think there's a lot of evidence that he does, which I can uh, discuss afterwards with anyone who's interested, but even, even if, if I can't disprove that the Catholic integralist state was Benson's ideal, uh, I, do, I do believe and I would like to convince you that uh, Benson intends the dawn of all not as a utopian novel, but rather as a character study of a person undergoing a conversion. So it's, it's, it is a psychological study of, of conversion. Um, so so um, th there, are, there are good reasons from Benson's other writings, as well as Lord of the World itself, to, uh, to uh, assume that he did not favor uh, the reestablishment of the Catholic Church in countries where it had previously been uh, esta established. Uh, but if that's not what he intended in writing The Dawn of All, what did he intend? Well, I, I think first of all it's important to note that Benson didn't want to write The Dawn of All. His other books he wrote because he had an idea, he loved the idea, he wanted to share it with everyone. That was why he wrote Lord of the, of the World. Uh, but when Lord of the World came out, he received a lot of letters from people saying, this is too depressing. We don't want a novel where the church loses and the socialists win. We want a novel where the church wins. 
So Benson sat down to write a novel where the church wins, to restore his reputation and to restore the uh, hope of these people who were really disillusioned. And I think he was, as a pastor, genuinely concerned about people's faith. But then the, his concern about people's faith, I think, once he sat down, made him more interested in writing about the faith of someone who's a convert, or in the case of the, the Don of All, a revert. Uh, Benson had written, uh, or did write about conversion as well. He wrote his own confessions of a, a, of, of a convert about his own entrance into, into the church. So, you know, as you read The Dawn of All, you find that what begins as simply a rebirth of, of Lord of the World, where all the blacks are white and all the whites are, are black, it becomes really uh, an, interior, an, an allegory for the interior of this, of this revert's um, mind. Um, so, so, uh, you know, I, I would also just add that uh, something else in favor of my thesis is, is just that uh, Lord of the World really shows that Benson's not one to imminentize the eschaton. It's, it's just not where his, his heart, his heart uh, is. Um, so what, what clues us into that dawn, the dawn of all is intended as a psychological study is Robert Hugh Benson's use of the dream motif. There are some direct literary references to Alice in Wonderland uh, in this, in this mot motif. Uh, the main narrative of the dawn of all is in the mind of a dying priest who has fallen away from faith. Uh, and as serious as, as we imagine that is uh, today, uh, you know, in, given, given uh, the crisis of faith that affected many in the wake of the Second Vatican Council, we've in a certain way become more accommodated to the possibility that a priest could lose his, his faith. However much of a scandal that is today, it was even more of a scandal in 1911 when, uh, when Benson was writing. So we see at the very beginning uh, this man on, his, uh, on a hospital bed um, who's, who's beginning to come out of a coma. He's offered the last sacraments and he says no, and it's clear that he's a, a, a former priest refusing the, the sacraments. Then he falls back into the coma. The dream begins, which is the main uh, narrative, and I apologize that I, I do have to spoil the, the end for you in this, but that I, I, I don't think takes away from you know, the fact that this, this is, um, this is a, a novel very worth uh, reading. So, so in this allegory, in the dream, what the Pope represents to this fallen priest in the dream is divine grace perfecting nature. So when the Pope at the end of the dawn of all becomes the temporal Lord of the world, uh, the Pope's victorious rule over the earth represents the victorious rule of grace over the protagonist's fallen nature. If we take it as an allegory in this sense, it gets very interesting psycholo psychologically. Um, so Benson uh, is personally far more invested in depicting the triumph of grace over one fallen man's nature than he is in depicting the triumph of the church over 
one world's governments. Where the dawn of all fails as a utopia, it succeeds as a pilgrim's progress. Uh, so the rest of, the, uh, of, of, this, of this talk will just examine the dawn of all to, with its, its plot to reveal its allegorical aspect. First of all, the title, the dawn of all, refers to the resurrection. Easter is a major theme of the dawn of all. The priest is in his coma during Holy Week. There is a red coverlet over him, which symbolizes the red vestments that he would be wearing if he were not fallen away during Holy Week. His hospital blanket is his, his vestment, and this dream becomes his passion, uh, ending, ending in, uh, as we'll see, a return to faith and and resurrection. The fallen away priest does not have a name in the beginning and end of the story. We're not told his real name. He's only given a name in his dream. And his dream, in his dream, he is Monsignor John Masterman. Later he becomes a, a cardinal, but at first he's Monsignor Mast Masterman. Uh, and now there's uh, one critic who, who says that uh, Masterman is a name taken from an author named Masterman. You know, that's as may, as, 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 as may be. Uh, but given Robert Hugh Benson's love of symbolism, we might also note that Masterman refers to the fallen away priest's state of mind when we first meet him. This fallen priest is the Lord and master of himself. He is a master man. He is completely given to materialist philosophy. When his Catholic nurse asks him if he would like to see a priest, he refuses. And he, he says in his mind that science had knocked all that religious nonsense on the, on the head. Um, he, sa he says that there, there, what, there wasn't any more truth in religion. Science had settled one half of the matter, and psychology the other half. It was all uh, accounted for. Now, we might also note that the name Monsignor Masterman is almost perfectly redundant. M Monsignor, my lord, master, man. So it reinforces that this fallen priest is his own lord and master. Now, the, now at the end of, of, the, of the novel, the pope, as the vicar of Christ, is on earth his lord and master, Christ his, his lord and master in, in, in heaven. So that's more evidence of this being a, a psychological study. Now, in, interestingly, the fallen away priests were told at the very beginning, um, at the time of, of his uh, falling into a coma, he's been working on a research for a scholarly biography of the popes. And the pope that he was researching at the time that he fell into his, his coma is, is uh, Aeneas Piccolomini, who became Pius II. And the dream of this priest, in a certain way, is a mirror image. Uh, again, Benson is fascinated with mirrors. This also gets into the Lewis Carroll influence of through the looking glass. He, he, um, he, he's almost a, 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 a mirror image, or I would even say a reversal, but but very, uh, the priest's journey in the dream is similar to Piccolomini's, uh, with Piccolomini having expressed his distaste for the church's teachings, 
Piccolomini becomes a cardinal. He undergoes a dramatic change after being elevated to the hierarchy, and so Piccolomini became orthodox and faithful after be, being elevated to the hierarchy. This is what happens in the follow in the way priest's dream as well. He, he in his dream, uh, finds that he is the priest secretary to the Cardinal Archbishop of Westminster. Later, when the Cardinal dies, uh, Monsignor Masterman becomes the priest of Westminster. And while initially in this dream, he doesn't um, have any memory, he, he, throughout the dream, he doesn't have memory of his past life. He does have in this dream a kind of sense that he's not really given over to the church in his heart. And so in the workings of this dream narrative, this um, being in this Catholic society and witnessing the faith and the heroism of Catholics in this society convinces Monsignor Masterman that, uh, that um, the, the Pope truly is his Lord and Master uh, on, on Earth. I, I, I've got about five minutes left, so I'm going to quickly go, th go through this. Um, basically, I just found lots and lots of details in this novel which are, are fascinating from a psychological uh, stand standpoint. Um, the cardinal for whom Monsignor Masterman is the priest secretary is referred to particularly later in the novel as the old man. And what becomes clear in the allegory is that um, Benson has in mind St. Paul on put off the old man, put on the new man, except that in this case, um, the old man, the cardinal, represents Monsignor Masterson's old self that he has cast off. He has cast off his old self, his old man, that was the good man, the right man. So in order to become new and to rise in Christ, uh, um, Monsignor actually needs to put back on the old man, his former self. Another kind of mirror, mirror rever reversal here. Monsignor Masterman needs to become more like his holy boss, the cardinal, the old man, in order to become new in Christ. And that is what he does after the old man, the cardinal, is martyred. Um, Masterman uh, fully regains his, his, his faith and himself becomes a, 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 card, a cardinal. Um, one thing I, I found interesting, just one detail out of many, is that the cardinal uh, at one point gives a speech advocating the reestablishment of the church in Israel. And Benson tells us the room number where the cardinal gives the speech. And, and the room number is, um, could you hand me a, uh, uh, thank you. The room number at the uh, House of Commons where the cardinal is advocating the reestablishment of England is this. Now, remember that the reestablishment of the church in England is the allegory for, um, for the reestablishment of, uh, and really the reestablishment of the Pope's reign is the allegory for the reestablishment of faith in this fallen priest's heart. So this cardinal who represents the old self, the old man of this fallen priest, it represents him back when he had faith, the cardinal is advocating the reestablishment of the church in room 
XI. The cardinal is the XI, the former self of the, of the fallen away priest. So this fallen away priest at the end becomes the cardinal, becomes the XI, uh, and, he, uh, and, and when he uh, witnesses uh, the, uh, the pope who is now um, the temporal lord of the world as well, well as the spiritual entering, uh, entering London, um, the, uh, the, um, the, the uh, Monsignor Masterman, now Cardinal Masterman, uh, completely regains his faith, awakens, receives the, 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 the sacrament. I'm just going to uh, read you one last piece, uh, short, uh, two short, two paragraphs, and then, uh, and then uh, wrap up. Uh, I want to, to read you what, um, what the Cardinal Masterman, um, at, at, towards the end of the novel, thinks when he is about to witness the Pope's triumphal entry into London. Uh, he thinks... This then was the new type of man who had at last conquered the world. It was not Superman that had been waited for so long, not a demigod armed with powers of light, not man raising himself above his stature, building towers on earthly foundations that should reach to, to heaven. He goes on saying it was supernature, not superman, grace and truth transfiguring nature, not nature wrenching itself vainly towards the stature of grace. It was man who can suffer, who can reign, since he, who who, who, since, o since he only who knows his weakness dares to be strong. Vicisti Galilei. So those last two words, Vicisti Galilei, that uh, Cardinal Masterman thinks as the Pope symbolizing Christ, symbolizing the return of faith, takes over England, takes over his heart, those last two words are in Latin, you have conquered Galilean. And they are what legend, legend tells us are the last words of Julian the Apostate before he died. So it's, it's very shortly after saying that in his mind that the priest, whom we are told at the end was an apostate priest, rises, asks for the sacraments, and is saved. So. Again, uh, this may, the dawn of all may be a, a failed uh, utopia, but, but it is quite a, a fascinating uh, success as a uh, story of the psychology of, the converge, of conversion. Thank you.